You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. What up, everybody? Pastor David here. Man, I got lost in those sick beats, the new intro, and doing the show now, I think, for close to eight years. And um, I love I love the changes that have been made, Nick. You're doing great. Crushing it. Crushing it. So if you're new to the program, you have picked probably one of the funnest Bible study, devos, radio, get into the Word of God, podcast, whatever you want to call it, look at it. Uh, a pastor, myself, either Pastor Dan or Pastor Jessica, Matt, we come in with a co-host, we read a chapter of the Bible the night before, then we come into our Maryland location and we record, we record what God has breathed on our hearts about that chapter. And there are some rare moments and some really fun times where we bring in other staff members and other people that are chasing Jesus on, you know, with everything they've got and they come in, they they do the they co-host, and I got a really cool co-host today with me. She is the Avenue Campus Administrator. She is a big sister in our college age apprenticeship program. She is probably literally one of the funnest people I have ever been around in my entire life. She is awesome. It is Hannah Siemens. How are you doing, Hannah? Super good, especially now that you've said the word funnest twice. So I'm in I'm in a fun mood now. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that is it not a word? Nope. It is not a word. Well, Webster, add it to your to your book that I still have yet to read, but I heard it's a page turner. Um, so I tell you what, Hannah, you uh you do a ton of stuff around the church. You're super active in the mezzanine, the apprenticeship program, you know, the Avenue Worship Center. So I tell you what, tell us a little bit tell us a little bit about mezzanine. What's up with that? Oh, man. Mezzanine is actually where I've gotten plugged into East Coast. Um, It was about a year ago, and I just walked in, and that was the first time I've seen a community of young adults um, worshiping the Lord together, bowing down before the Lord. Um, It was just—that was unity. That was community. The word unity is literally in community, and I feel like that's exactly where I found it. And it's every Sunday at 7 p.m. I didn't even— I didn't even know if anyone, like, who does anything on Sunday nights? And then bada-boom, bada-bang, something fit into my schedule so perfectly. And then I'm surrounded by um, a bunch of peers and friends. It's incredible. It's been life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. If you are 18 to 29, 18 to 30, come check out the mezzanine Sunday nights at 7, our Maryland location. It is incredible to see the young adults worshiping Jesus. And if you are over that age limit, I want to encourage you that— don't give up on our faith. Uh, the next generation loves Jesus with, man, with, they are on fire for God. So I'm excited about that. Um, if you are new to the program and you want to find out what chapters we're going to go into and, and how all of that works, go to our website and check it out. It's eccc.us. And there's a morning breath icon. Just click on that or get the app. Get the morning breath, or not morning breath app, get the um, East Coast app. And just go to your mobile app provider, put in East Coast. You'll see our logo come up. Download that. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We are everywhere. We're on iHeartRadio. And don't forget and Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Every now and then, Nick just goes onto the street corner and interpretively dances and reenacts the last episode of the show. Yep, we're doing I, it. I can confirm that. <laughs> we're doing everything we can to get the word out. That's our heart to get the gospel to people. And uh, that's. That's uh, that's why we do this show, so you can take your next steps and grow with Jesus. I tell you what, we got weekend services. Tell tell people about how they can plug into a weekend service. 
Well, we've got our services online on the app. We've got many campuses. We've got Avenue. Oh, yeah. I'm not biased, though. <laughs> Here at the Parkway, we have Viera, Coco, and online. But we actually are going to be doing a morning prayer at 7 a.m. starting on Monday the 11th, and that'll be here at the Parkway. So really excited about that because our 21-day devotional fast starts this Sunday the 10th because you know what today is, Pastor David? What's today? Oh, shoot. It's the last day of 2020. Last day of 2020. Oh, Man, my goodness. We, we, and we got the last show. We made it. We've got to do, we got to do this show. We got to do up. Because we're the funnest. Exactly. So we have 46 verses in Matthew 22, and it's the parable of the wedding banquet. Last day of the year, last episode of the year, Jesus is telling a parable of a wedding and a banquet, and so he's partying. We're having a good time. Let's do this. Let's jump into this chapter. You ready? I'm ready. So you take the first 23. I'll jump right in after the, like, if your Bible has headers and it has kind of areas, I'm going to jump in at marriage at the resurrection. So verse 23 and on, I'll take. So you do verse 1 through 22. What translation are you reading? I'm reading an ESV. Okay, I'm going to do um, NIV for today. That's just the one I read it in last night. And um, then I say to you, ma'am, I say to you, read, ma'am. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those who invited are not worthy. Go therefore to the, ma the main roads and invite them to the wedding feast, as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing on teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me on the test, you hypocrites? Show me, show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a Daenerys. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the thing that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. That same day the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with the question, Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up the offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife 
will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, you are in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, or is he not the God of the dead, but of the living? When the crowd heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David? They replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be, da how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Amen. Wow, what a chapter. A lot of stuff going on in this chapter, and I, I want to jump in really quick. As Hannah, we're going to hear from you in a, in a second, and but I, I want to say this. This is one of many times in Scripture Jesus would use uh, a parallel between the heavenly father and humanity, and he would use the reference of a wedding. Um, he uses this a lot. And I, I just want to say when it comes to the thing here that stood out is that there was a man at this wedding, and there's other details that I'm going to kind of circumnavigate because I want to get right to the rejection of the man that isn't in good clothing because there's a lot of things that are not being said that do not apply to this parable. He is not getting rejected because he didn't have – you know, nice clothes on. He's not getting rejected because he uh, has a secret sin or, or something like that. Well, ma maybe I'll unpack that in a second. But um, it's not the typical church Christian-based rejections that we hear in society. It is much deeper than that. He showed up to this wedding, which you might think, oh, cool, I got a wedding. Nick's getting, Nick's having a wedding here in a little yeah, bit. Nick. And, um, and so it's like not like just showing up to the wedding and he didn't wear a tie. Or you didn't, you know, you, you didn't, you know, put yourself together. What happened is, what Jesus was pointing out here is he showed up to the covenant. A wedding is a covenant between two families. And the son's covenant here was not being honored. And I, I want to just say that this is like someone that walks the, the, the Christian culture but does not walk in a covenant with Jesus, that that his righteousness for your righteousness and in that the transformation that you are willing to cling to grace, but you throw away sanctification. You see, the sanctification process is where we die to ourselves and that sin that used to hold on to us, we break free from. This is a person that says, I want to hold on to my sin but I still want to hold on to grace. That doesn't work. Now, am I going to say 
hey, that person's going to lose their salvation or this or that. Another important part of this parable and this point is that it is the king that renders the verdict on the man, not the other people at the party. My job is to be a witness, and as a pastor and as a, a believer, I believe it's every believer's job, my job is to help people, encourage people, and show people the way on their sanctification process and help them break free from those chains and be able to stand by and support them and encourage them. But my job is not to give the verdict out and throw them out of the party. That is not the position God has given me. You know, I'm here, and I got a tie on, and I'm looking to dance, you know. Another last thing before I kick it over to you, Hannah, is why this is not just symbolically important um, as wedding, but going even deeper now into this is when we get to the book of Revelation and we see what garments mean what, that those dressed in white as if going to a wedding, all right, were the people who were martyred for Jesus, all right? So, the apparel that goes into it is like when you see when someone comes and, and, and is dressed fully in white, they gave all. So it's also a symbol here. This man is really giving nothing. He's not really showing honor. He's not really walking in it. He's just kind of th- there. And and Jesus is saying, that doesn't really float because at the heart of Christianity, you have to die to yourself and Christ now lives in you. So Hannah, after all of that... <laughs> What stood out to you? (laughs) That was so good. I'm so glad that you touched on that and clarified for us because um, sometimes we just need to remember that God is fundamentally good and that this is coming from the mouth of Jesus and Jesus is good. And so some things we read might, you know, check our heart and we'll be like, did God really say that? But it's, you know, it comes down to you explaining the heart behind God and what Jesus actually was intending that brings a peace for me. And so now looking at this passage, um, it just screams grace. Like God is in the business of drawing people to himself. And so the king in this story is literally instructing all of his servants to invite everyone to this party, to this celebration, to this wedding, into this covenant. He says the good and the bad, all those out on the street. And people still have free will. And so some people were actually turning down the invitation to come to this wedding feast. And some people did decide to come. So that's you know, there's the gracious gift of grace. Grace is a gift that we have to decide, am I going to receive this? Yes or no. And so we see individuals actually coming into this covenant and walking out in this covenant with the Lord. And unfortunately, sometimes that does not, you know, look Mm -hmm. the way that we want it to. And there are sometimes there's individuals that don't want to go through sanctification and they do not want to walk through those hard times and just be obedient to Jesus. And hey, if I can't go buck wild, <laughs> nobody can go buck wild. <laughs> but again, that's not in our job description to judge anyone. Only the perfect master can judge. And so um, I just encourage you, accept your invitation. Come on. And like walk out this covenant with Jesus. But it look, is look, incredible. Look who, look who gets an invitation. All right. Look who is, and I'm, I'm actually going to step outside of the parable now, all right, and go further down to the chapter. You see three groups of people that now get to walk with God in flesh, and they spend most of their time trying to trap him and kill him. Mm-hmm. It is the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the uh, Herodians, all right? And you have politicians, you have religious leaders, and you have somewhat celebrities, and they're all trying to 
get him to 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 fall and he's not doing it but i love the way he defends himself the way we defend ourselves you see because his attention jesus's attention is on his father all right that he uses the word of his heavenly father to justify himself to explain himself to do any, to answer any questions that come his way where these three groups of people they use the collective wisdom of the time. They use their own self-motivations and crowd thinking. They get together in a group and they say, how do you think we want to do this? What do we think is best? Hey, um, let's ask them a religious question. Like, hey, you know what? What about King David? Or, hey, let's ask him a legal question about marriage. And it's I like this. Like, um, I put a lot of content out on YouTube and on TikTok and different stuff like that. And obviously, preaching 50 times a year, you know, at the church here, I publicly declare stuff. I publicly say stuff, you know, so people can come to me and challenge stuff. And with that, someone might come and say, okay, well, pastor, um, can gay people get married? And it's no different here. Like you say, you know, how you, how can you say your God is loving, but two people that are uh, monogamous, same sex, loving relationship, how can you say a loving God can reject their marriage? You know, that doesn't seem like a loving God to me. And I look right back at them and I say, it's not a, it's not a matter of, of, of God loving in the same way that Jesus answers and says, hey, listen, guys, to be honest with you, you haven't read your Bibles. And I can see it because I can see it by the questions that you ask. The questions that you ask really do unveil how much of the word you know. And that is a good thing for some people and that's a bad thing for other people. If you're a baby Christian, ask away, ask away. If you have been in church for a while, man, you need to get some elbow grease into that word. And I would usually answer the same sex attracted people on the level of like, listen, I'm not saying you can't get married in America because that's a lie. You can get married in America. You can walk right down to the courthouse. It is legal. You can go get married. I just can't marry you. All right. It's like asking a captain of a submarine to fly an airplane. You see, my word, my, my Bible says that it's between a man and a woman. So it's not that I hate you or have anything against you. You know, I love you the way God loves you. But because I... Can captain a submarine does not mean I can captain a plane, all right? So you expecting me to do something outside of what where I'm ordained and where I believe and outside of my faith, I can't do, I won't do. It's not a hatred issue. It's not a um, anything like that. It's just a that's not what we do. And um, that's not what I, you know, it's not what our faith puts its emphasis on. So that is kind of like, where knowing the word of God can really help people. And every time I've explained it like that to a person that's come to me, they've walked away actually pursuing God more. And it's like, okay, wow, it feels a lot better to know that God doesn't hate me, all right? Because every time we encounter somebody that has sin in their life, we can't make them an enemy of God. God didn't make sinners his enemy, all right? God made sin his enemy, and then he defeated it. So it's really important when we engage with people that we know our word in and out. We're able to defend what we believe. We're able to represent God because let's not get carried away. God does not need us to defend him. All right. We represent him and we love people like the greatest commandment that's down here. You know what I mean? Like love the neighbor, love God, yeah. you know. So what else stood out to you, Hannah? 
Well, if you are a newer Christian and you're looking at the Bible, first and foremost, I want you to know that not only is God fundamentally good, but he's fundamentally love. And so the great commandment wraps it all together. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So if you, you know, if you take anything from this, love God and love people. God is love. And that's incredible. That is. That is incredible. And love, when we talk about it, love is not blind empathy and apathy for others to just say, I care about you and I will will do whatever you want. You know, everybody, I don't know about everybody, but most people in America have had to take a driver's test. Could you imagine? Maybe fail one or two first. (laughs) Did you really fail your first driver's test? Yes. Okay. So could you imagine going in and and when my Avery, my sweet Avery, who is now seven years old, goes in that, you know, 10 years from now for her driver's test. And I was like, baby, I just love you so much, Avery. Get behind the wheel and start driving. Hey, you're going to do great. I love you. Instead of being like, hey, you turn the car with the wheel, all right? This is the gas. This is the brake. This is how you He's put it in He's literally acting it out right now. <laughs> like, like, like total dad mode. And it's like, but people get offended when God says, hey, this is how I've designed you. This is what I made you for. Here is the gift I've given you. And when when it comes to walking out that love that we 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 really appreciate when God has beautiful verses like we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that what we put our hands towards will prosper. But we shy away from the verses that are like, hey, don't be a part of sin. You know, if something causes you to sin, cut it out of your life. You know, hey, if your brother offends you, go to them. Hey, you need to forgive somebody. We're like, whoa, that doesn't feel as loving to me. So I might, I might treat that a little bit differently, but actually that's that loving side of the heavenly father that we need to embrace because the word says that he will prune off that what's killing us. He'll prune off what's inhibiting us from growing and growing deeper with him and walking deeper in our calling and what he's designed us for and what he made us for. His focus is, is bringing out the best in us that he put in us from the beginning. All right. We have to understand that. So if we cling to something here on this journey on earth, he could and would hopefully and and as a loving father take that from us. We have to understand that when we do that, that loving God is absolutely being able to say, not only do I value you, but I submit to your word, God. Your word is what reigns and 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 I hold true to my life. And I'm going to be a conduit and I'm going to get that word out to other people. And another quick fact here, and then Hannah's going to close the show out whenever we come back, is that is very, very intentional what he says. He says, love thy neighbor. He doesn't say love thy brother. All right. He's talking to talking to people saying, you need to love who is around you like you love yourself. So you need to be loving the people that are around you because that gives the true power to God to put anybody in your story and experience his love. Well, we're going to take a break and then Hannah's going to close the program out. All right. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. 
We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family, we work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321-453 kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. All right, we are back. And I tell you what, we were talking in the break and Hannah, um, Hannah said something really cool. So go ahead and, and share it with everybody. Yeah, after reading the where it talks about paying taxes to Caesar, I noticed that they were obviously trying to trap Jesus because they were wondering if they could actually rebel against Rome 
And they wanted to get Jesus to stumble. And what I love about God is that he's just so sound and so straightforward. And he straight up says, all authority comes from God. So respect your authority. So then when they brought him the coin saying, whose image is on this? Jesus flat out said, Caesar's. So render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And so I want to ask you, what image is on you? Come on. Because I know that God's image is on me. Therefore, my heart is God's. Therefore, I respect and honor and serve God. That's so good. I totally, man. And that's, that's what we do. Our time, our story, everything. We give it over to him. And, you know, we might be able to do a little bit with it. But it's just incredible when we render our hearts, our families, our lives over to what Jesus is doing. Hey, we want to say have a happy New Year's, guys. Join us for the fast. Join us for the mornings of prayer. We're doing a lot, you know, church, Christianity. It's community-based. I know we're in a weird community-based season. But God is in it, and we love you guys, and we'll see you next year. Oh, yeah, 2021. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.